Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I'm very excited to have on Daniel Jackson, who has written a book about becoming a spiritual medium. And so I'll bring him on in just a moment, just a couple of announcements first. So if you have not grabbed my free 20 minute meditative journey to meet your galactic family and guides, make sure that you go to my website, mysticmanta.com and sign up for that. Also, if you're coming to Hawaii, to the big island, make sure you come and see me on one of my big island UFO tours where you will get to see the night sky in a whole new way. And I have just released my new historical deck, Wisdom of the Galactics. So make sure you pick up a copy of that. Also on my website, mysticmanta.com. So without further ado, we're going to bring on... Okay, here we go. Are we going to bring... Something's going weird with the technology. What is going on here? That's strange. Okay, there we go. There you are. <laughs> Something is going on. Well, I can tell you what's probably going on. And this is, has taken place for a lot of times that I have done interviews. I've done well over 150 interviews on other shows in the past two years. And a lot of them have problem with technology because, unfortunately, my energy is that strong and it messes with things. I even uh, my wife and I have the same phones and I always have a problem with my phone. Okay. We have the same computers. I always have problems with my computers. I've had, I've been on from shows from here where uh, the next guy was over in New York, and he keeps having problems. They, it's just me. So okay. Well, and so I it's believe not you. you. So don't worry about it. Oh no, I I believe you because I have done um, probably <clears throat> seventy or more of these shows and never had that problem. <laughs> Uh, if you do happen to see or catch something fly by or you see a flash of light going here, again, yeah. that's me. It has all it has to do with me being, I'm a medium, but what I have going on with me, I know that absolutely no other medium on the face of this earth has because hmm. of my the connection that I have and who I have it with and what I am as far as they are concerned. So... And okay. I, this is just something, like I always tell people, that uh, how do you get used to what I have going on? Well, you remember when we were kids and our mom and dad fed us green beans, and then 30 years later, you like green beans? Why? Because you got used to it. You either learn to, with anything in this life, you either learn to accept yourself or you don't. And I just okay. learned to accept it. Beautiful. Well, so let me share who you are with our audience, and then we'll <clears> just right into conversation. So I can't wait to find out, yeah, how all of this happened for you. Oh, okay. Boy. So Daniel Jackson of Beyond the Veil LLC has been gifted with the ability to communicate with archangels and spirit. With this information, he guides and assists others to fulfill their spiritual path. His main goal is to teach people about their reason for existence and to help them to become a better version of themselves. It is with this intention that he operates out of a spirit of love and compassion he has been able to help many people in finding their true path with amazing results. He takes extreme pride in his ability to answer all the unanswered questions. Yes, I, I do it out of love and compassion, but what I don't do is put up with BS. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot of it out there. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you, just, you just have to uh, 
you have to mentally screen through it. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. But well, I so do my best. First, I, what I would love for you to share with me, since this is our first time talking, actually, is I would love to know kind of your background in terms of <clears throat> how you grew up spiritual, religious, something else. Was this? Uh, all I'm spiritual. spiritual. Yeah, okay. I'm. I'm absolutely spiritual. I do not practice any religion. Uh, nor do I advocate for any any type of religion, uh, because what I know, and through the connection I have, that uh, God and Jesus uh, did not create religion. Religion uh, put them into their ideology in order for power and control. God mm -hmm. and Jesus, uh, Jesus had only been here one time, but God has been here forever, and religion has not. Okay. So did you grow up, though? Like, what, what did your parents? Oh, no, no, no. I uh, grew up like anybody else. Uh, my parents uh, brought us up in the Catholic religion. Okay. Um, my, what, one of my brothers and my sister went to Catholic school. My, my other brother and myself did not. Um, but my mom and dad gave us a choice there, too. I mean, I did do Holy Communion and all that stuff. And, you know, the other kids would pick on me because I had long hair. But... Uh, but, uh, yeah, I had to do all that stuff, but I didn't end up going to Catholic school. I went to a regular public school because there was a certain age where my mom was bringing us to church, and I think she got tired of waking me up because okay. I was falling asleep all the time because those, uh, those pews were kind of comfortable for sleeping, not for sitting, but for sleeping. You know? But uh, uh, I just I fell asleep all the time because I was bored. Mm -hmm. So my mom just let us make a decision. Do you still want to go to church or not? No. Why not? Well, because I'm bored and I would rather be out playing with my friends. So so that's what we ended up doing by the time I was maybe, I don't know, 11, something like that, 9 or nine, 10, 11 around that day. So um, at that point, we were not no longer, not that we really were heavily into it, were we practicing Catholics. Okay, got it. Well, so then how were you always gifted or knew? Did, did you always know you were gifted? With um, gifted? No. And I don't call it a gift anyway, because knowing what I know, it's not a gift. You don't just receive it. It comes through with your soul every single, single time that you come back here. It's not called we call it reincarnation. But the reason we return here is because you, you have not fulfilled your your soul purpose. And the soul purpose is very simple. We're here to help each other just for the sake of helping, not because you can, but because you should. So in other words, you know, it's not becoming a doctor or a lawyer. That is a choice that you make as an occupation. Uh, right. This is something that we can all do by doing one thing, by being one thing, and that's human. Now, so what it is is this is just an ability that you have. Some of us have it. Most of us don't. But as I explained of it, most, some of us are meant to be teachers. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is just meant to be a student. It's just the way it is. Uh, but is this life for everyone? No, because it's a huge commitment. So I, I do, people come to me for readings who have this ability and they want to, because they, they feel there's something more with that ability and they need to move forward. And they come to me and then I give them what I call the big talk because if everything that I have gone through that's in my book that I'm, I'll gladly talk about, I mean, if, I don't just yep. say, hey, just read my book. No, I will gladly talk about it because I want the information to get out. But everything I've gone through, I explain to them. And once I do that, in the past year and a half, I've done that for about 27 or 28 people. You know how many people move forward? Two of them. 
Because once I explain what it takes and what may happen to you and what could happen to you and what you got to go through and the kind of commitment and who you're getting your information from now, they can't do it because they can't change their lives that much. It's a 360-degree turn. I have devoted my life to this. But in the very beginning, my whole family was seeing spirit. We were, I remember seeing them as far back as, as being three years old. And my, but my two brothers, my sister, my mom and dad, we were all experiencing it to the point where like my, my, sister's, my sister's room was upstairs. I mean, my two brothers were downstairs watching TV. And this is back in the 70s. So she had a record player and it would just turn on. But that was not the crazy part. Because it's a record play, you got to lift a record up and hit the right. switch and drop it. It was switching records. Oh, like, okay, was it like one? Take of, a record off and put another record on. Yeah, okay, because yeah. you know how they used to have the multi-stack kind. Yeah, no, one at a time. Okay. Because my sister wasn't even home. Okay. Yeah, one. There was one time when my sister was in the in the bathroom, uh, getting ready for school, and my mom went in there to help her. And there was a full a door there with a full length mirror on it. And when they went to the mirror, there was another woman standing in the mirror with a colonial outfit on. So okay. we had a we had a battlefield in the same town that we lived in. It was all connected to it. Mm-hmm. And this is where the Hessians fought and it had a little hospital on there. My sister had told me about six months ago that they did a big dig out there and they found a huge, massive grave of all these bodies. Now of course they're not gonna just bury one body at a time, but they found all these bodies. But it wasn't just our home. The homes in that general area of this battlefield were seeing spirit as well. We would talk to the neighbors and we would hear about these things. So, mm-hmm. but, the, but what happened was by the time I was 17, my parents and I, uh, this was in New Jersey. We left New Jersey and went to Delaware because my dad got a better job down there. Uh, but at that point, no one else was seeing them anymore. It was just me. Okay, so basically everyone else's veils came down and yours just stayed wide open. <laughs> Correct. I mean, I was laying, I used to play in a band and I had big hair and zebra stripes, spandex. I thought I was cool, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I came home from a gig and I laid down a bed. And when I laid down, something laid down next to me. The, the bed moved, the pillow depressed three, four times. And then that fifth time when I rolled over again to see what it was, whatever was there picked up the blanket that I had on top of me and brought it up to the ceiling and shook it above me. And then it dropped it on top of me. And then at that point, Lisa, for two years, I slept on the couch because that was scary. I was going to say, was that scary? Because I think. Yeah, I mean, some of the things were not scary, but some of the things were just crazy unusual. I mean, there was a time my girlfriend and I were watching TV. She was watching at the, the foot of the bed. I was at the other end. We were watching uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. And uh, out of the closet, this big white milky thing about maybe four feet long and two feet thick just kind of snaked its way out of the closet, got all the way across the room, and then just disappeared. And then my girlfriend turned around to me and said, did you see that? I said, okay, yeah, so I saw, saw it. it. Okay. Yeah, let's get out of here, you know. But there was one time I was laying in my grandfather's room. My grandfather had gone away. He was living with us at the time. And my grandmother had passed away two years prior to that. So he was visiting with my uncle and I was in his room looking at pictures of my grandmother. And my sister was, was staying, staying with us for a couple of weeks and she had this pet ferret. Oh, that thing was horrible. But, uh, but it was making all this squeaky noise and stuff. And I kept telling it, uh, hey, be quiet, be quiet. And then I was laying on the bed 
and uh, I kind of fell asleep. And then I heard, kept hearing a squeaky noise. I kept telling the animal, please stop, stop, stop. And then one time I picked up my head, and when I did, it wasn't the ferret. The rocking chair in my grandfather's room was moving back and forth, and my grandmother was in it. Okay. And, well, so for that, with you, seeing your grandmother in the rocking chair, was there fear there? Or were you like, oh, hi, Grandma? I was kind of stunned at first. I just kind of looked at her, and then she was just looking off into space, and then she turned around and looked at me, and her eyes got like, like that. And when she did, disappeared. And then I was like, what the heck was that? That was my grandmother, but... Okay. What the heck is going on here? So it just, it, it happened frequently throughout my life. And because, again, it happens so frequently, you just get used to it. And I would, people would know this about me because they would ask me questions or like I had a friend who had something going on in his house and he said, you're sensitive to this. Can you come and check it out for me? And then I went to his house and walked into his daughter's room. Mm-hmm. The rest of the house was completely warm, and this room was ice cold, and I could feel a very negative presence in there. Yeah. I told him to move. He did. Okay. So rather than trying to get rid of the spirit, you're just like, move. Well, there's a thing with that. Okay. You can't get rid of the spirit. So I know there's a lot of stuff out there that says you can get rid of negative spirit. That's not Mm -hmm. the truth. They are. See, people want to do that thing called smudging with sage. Yeah. No. They are in a realm that they no longer have a body. They can't breathe, they can't smell, and they don't have lungs. So you burning something isn't going to make a difference to them. The only thing you're doing at that point is setting off your fire alarms. You can throw you can throw you can throw some uh, some holy water on there, but you know what that is? It's a physical item, and you know what else it is? It's just water. That's it. Priests and all, they can't bless anything. They're just people, just like you and me. Mm-hmm. doesn't make a difference what kind of oath they take. They're still people. They can't do these things. There's no such thing as a real exorcism. But then again, there's no such thing as a, a body being possessed by anything else. Your body has one soul in it. There's no room for another one. They can influence you. They can talk to you. But you have a thinking mind that can say, no. Okay. Well, that's okay. So that's something that let's just. There's a lot of falsity in in this world. Okay. There just well, is. I, I, I'm not one of those people who says I go along to get along. I'm not okay. rainbows and unicorns uh, type of. Uh, I I tell the truth because a lot of it has been hidden from us because they want you to believe that everything that's going on on TV movies is the real thing. It's just not. Okay. So I have a question about that because sure. I've had a couple of guests on recently that um, very specifically have um, experienced walk-in situations <clears throat> and where another soul, like maybe a higher dimensional extraterrestrial soul was cohabiting in their body, but they, it was something that they allowed, that they made a contract to do. So from your perspective, you're saying that that is not real. A walk-in for real is because the soul that is within you is holding the space until the correct soul is meant to come in, and then the other soul will leave. That's it. One body cannot hold two souls. There's no reason for that. No okay. reason whatsoever. Okay. You are, um, here to, you are here to be you. You are not here to be you and someone else. You're here, your soul is here to learn things. 
Yes. And it's learning what this body is doing. That's it. It's not two souls coming in to learn something. There are three souls because then the next thing you know, they're going to come up with this. Oh, well, I got five souls living in me. No. Okay. So then the people who um, do believe that, you know, possession is real. So I've had right. another guest on who does exorcisms and, yeah, and no. regularly. So what, what is that energy then? That Negative energy. Yeah, the, there are negative energies. Is there a demon or devil? No, there's no such thing as demons and devils. There are negative energies and very bad ones, too. Just like we have people here who are rotten people, but then you have someone who's really rotten. Same yeah. thing. You just have some are just worse than others. But they are just negative energies. What they can do is they can influence us. In the same way that when you wake up in the morning and you make a decision to go somewhere, and you say, oh, I'm going to go to the mall today. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of you that's making that decision, but that's also your soul and your spirit guides that are helping you to make that decision. And those decisions are coming from a perfect place. They want you to have these experiences and meet these people. But the world has taught us to not have any trust or any faith within ourselves, and we talk ourselves out of things. Yes. Right. So they right. can they can bring these ideas in, but again, we have free will. We can make mm-hmm. a choice to either follow it or not. So they can tell us in certain ways, maybe in a dream, come in and tell us some things, or maybe just show us a sign, or we just hear something that says to do this. So, but in the same way, a negative energy can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. But again, you have free will and you can say, no. Some people wake up in the morning and go, I'm gonna go get a coffee. And some people wake up in the morning and say, I'm gonna go kill someone. Right. What do you think's happening there? Yeah, I guess. They're listen- the, the ones who are saying that could possibly just either use their free will and say, I'm just going to kill someone, or something just told them to go do it. Yeah. And they decided to do it. Right. You know what I decide? Mm-hmm. To not listen. Yeah. We could okay. all not listen to them, but some people do. Okay. Well, so then let's progress along in your story in terms of how um where like you probably weren't doing this as a career when you no not whatsoever i i didn't move into being what i do now i didn't know i was a medium until right before i turned 50 years old okay and then uh what was going on was I was seeing a lot of things as normal, but then my wife went away on vacation for two weeks. And then for two weeks, I thought, saw everything in my home that you could think of that was in a scary movie. I was seeing uh, seven-foot skeletons walking around the house. I saw green and red mist uh, pouring out of the walls. I saw uh, skulls floating around a room, and they would come out of the walls, and they had red eyes and fangs. I saw, every, I saw the famed hat man, but he's not in spirit. He's in, in another dimension. Uh, I was seeing all of this stuff. I, I went to sleep one night, and I usually, I don't like to be w- late for work at that time, so I would roll over and look at the clock, you know, too many times in a night. And I rolled over, and when I did, uh, this one time there was a little girl kneeling next to my bed. She had blonde hair, blue eyes. She had a blue and white dress. She had little white socks on and black shoes on. And her name was Wendy. And then she just disappeared, just like that. I, I was, there was one time I was laying, sleeping on my bed, and 
my cat, my big cat who I had, who I dedicated my book to, was sleeping on the bed with me. When I woke up, there was a little boy sitting on my bed. He was petting the cat. And I heard a voice tell him, because I heard it, come on, honey, we got to go. And I turned around and looked, and there was this woman in a, like Elizabethan-type dress standing in the corner of my room. And she, he said, but I'm petting the cat, Mommy. And she said, it's time to go. And then he was petting the cat, and then I was just like, just sitting there watching it because I'm in bed. Right. And then the kid looked up at me and he was like, <gasps> and then I, I turned and his mother saw me too. And then both of them gone. But I don't just see people. I see everything. I see dogs, cats, horses, cows, fish, other beings from other worlds. I see everything. Yeah. I see like into what we consider uh, heaven and I see earthbound. Is there a place called hell? No. There are negative energies walking around in this earthbound realm, but is there someone walking around with horns and a tail torturing anybody? No, it's just that's what he looks like where he comes from because if people think we're the only place that have people on it, yeah. no. But I was seeing this stuff so much that when my wife came back from vacation, she told me about her adventures, and then I told her about mine. Um, <laughs> and... My wife was a, was a nurse, and she thought maybe, because I'm diabetic, maybe the medicines I was taking was causing some type of diabetic psychosis. But, and she was unsure of, I mean, I didn't know this until later. She was unsure about all the stuff that I was telling her, if this was going to affect our relationships. And uh, so, But it was three days after she was home, she started seeing some of the same things too. It was happening so much. So it was that point when we... We reached out and tried to get some help, and I ended up getting a—I uh, tried to get a priest to come there, you know, because I'm Catholic, to do an exorcism. They wouldn't do that, but like uh, like I said, you know, wouldn't make a difference anyway. It's not real. Uh, and then we had a paranormal group come to the house, and, um, you know, you think it's going to be cool, but the, th the crazy part about it was one of the things was they showed up to my house but in their van with the little insignia on the side. Mm -hmm. And I just thought to myself, I don't want to be this kind of famous. Mm -hmm. I don't want my neighbors to go, oh, maybe there's some type of poltergeist activity going on in this house or Blair Witch or something in this house. What's going on here? Unknown to them, it was. But it wasn't of my doing. It was just happening. Um, so they came to the house and they had a... a one guy taking video, another guy was just walking around, looking around, another guy was uh, asking questions, another, a girl was, um, was taking pictures. They brought these little boxes in with little lit balls on them and wires, and they stuck them everywhere, and I said, what's that? And he said, oh, well, Spirit put out uh, static electricity. You watch him. Rubs his hand on the, on the couch, and he does it over the balls, and they all go and light up, and... And I was like, oh, well, this is pretty, and it's like TV, you know, and, and they, they videotaped everything, and like I said, they took pictures. But then they said, well, let's go, let's go see what's going on here. And I said, sure, and where do you want to go? He said, where do you have the most activity? I said, you, you're in it. It's my house. <laughs> but, yeah. but it wasn't just my house. I had activity everywhere that I went. I would drive down the street in my car and get a real chill up my spine, like, what the heck's going on here? And I'd just start looking around. I'm driving past a graveyard. So it wasn't just my home, but I was glad that they were there 
They had me walk into the bedroom one time, and I said, let's go in there. Sure, okay. And I walked through, and when I walked past all those little bikes, those little boxes, they just lit all up. They walked through, nothing. Okay. I'd walk back through, Mm -hmm. they'd light all up. They walked through, nothing. (laughs) They took pictures around the house of me, which with each one of the members of the of the team, and then some by myself. Every single picture that had me in it had fifteen or twenty light orbs completely surrounding me. Nothing around them. Okay. So, just. The, the best part about them being there mm-hmm. was they were witnessing it too. Okay, so, you, I, so you have yeah, validation. I mean, you already had validation because your wife was seeing it. And yeah, but somebody yeah. else was seeing it too at the same time. And when they were doing that, my wife and I both had a, like a, a look of relief on our faces that we weren't crazy. Okay, yeah. But, I, I mean, they did a test on me where they used a, a, a spirit box where they – I, they had me lay down in bed like I was sleeping, and then they came in with the lights off and turned it on. And when they did, it it said it said names. It said Wendy, Michael, Paul, Helen, unique, special, energy, light. One time it said the word road like a street said road in that computer voice, and then a car went <clears throat> past my house, and I was like laying in bed like what the heck is going on here? But then they started asking questions, and that's when it got crazy. They asked questions for ten minutes. For every question they asked, it got answered. One of the questions they asked was, are you here to harm Daniel? And then it said, we are not here to harm Daniel. We love Daniel. We love Daniel's light. Daniel is the light. When it said Daniel is the light, I was like, what is that supposed to mean? I mean, this. And then when it got done, they walked out of my room. Then I got up and walked out. And then they were huddled all up and. And I said to my mm-hmm. wife, what's going on? Oh, they're just, I don't know. It's crazy. And so they get done. And I said, did you hear all that? I mean, that was great, right? You guys heard all that. And they said, well, yeah, Mr. Jackson, but there's a problem. And I said, what kind of problem? I'm, it didn't sound horrible. They weren't right. threatening or anything. They're, yeah. This, this was wonderful. And they said, well, whenever we use that box, Mr. Jackson, we can get it to say a word or two. I said, yeah. He said, it never says sentences. And not that many, and not for that long. And I said, okay. He said, yeah, we got to get this figured out because this is a lot. He said, we don't ever get this much, but this is a lot. But but we'll come back in a couple of weeks and do a big reveal. And I was like, great. This is going to be cool. What do I do from now until then? He said, well, here's a bottle of water. If this is holy water. If anything happens, you just spray this bottle. Well, it keeps happening, and the water did nothing. And then he gave me some prayers to put on the computer to put out loud. That also did nothing. Um, put salt around the room. Do you know what that did? It made my room salty. It does <laughs> nothing. Because, again, it's physical. Mm-hmm. They, are non- they are non-physical. They don't respond to non Don't put a cross up because you know why? It does nothing. Besides that, the cross is a form of punishment. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Why would you put a form of punishment up to make a demon go away? They don't well, about it, that stuff. I mean, it sounds like what you were experiencing wasn't demons. It was just no. It was just spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I was told that uh, I I ended because after the after two weeks they never came back and then four weeks five weeks I finally got a hold of them 
And I said, are you coming back? And they said, no, we're not coming back. They said, the, once we got on your front lawn, we broke up. He said, they're too afraid to go back in your house. He said, I said, well, can you come back? And he said, no. he said I'm not too sure about that, Mr. Jack. And he said, you know, when we go out and do these things, we get a lot of, a lot of information from maybe 10 or 15 houses, but not one like yours. He said, we don't get that. He said, that's, he said, we've been doing this for five, six years. And he said, we've never had this. And we just, this is too much. And I said, okay. So I sought out mediums at that point. That's when I, that's when I started getting an answers. That's okay. when I got real, yeah, real answers came from that. Okay. So then what, what, what were those answers that were coming to um, you? Well, I, I spoke to five different mediums. None of them knew each other. And every one of them told me the same story about me. One in particular she wanted me to come to her show because she said, I want you to see how I do it. Now, <clears throat> me just being a regular guy, I was like, I've seen that on TV, but I don't know why she wanted me to see how she does it. So I bought some tickets. I didn't tell her I was coming. I just bought some tickets. My wife and I went. Mm -hmm. We walked through the door, and as soon as we walk in the door, she's on the stage, and there's about 50 people there, and she just instantly locks eyes with me and follows me through the room and then watches me sit down. And then my wife looks at me and says, that was creepy. I said, I don't know what that was all about. Yeah. She did her explanation of how she does things, how she gets her answers. She would get, the spirit would come in and just put pictures in her mind and then she could, she could see the person and see what they were, the story they were telling her to see if it associates with anyone in the crowd. Got it. Uh, she read eight people out of 50, and I was the second one. Okay. Um, she said things that no one else could know. Mm -hmm. She talked about my father. She asked uh, into the crowd, is there anyone here who has a, a someone named Robert, but he goes by Bob. He wears flannel shirts but suits, and then he also wears T-shirts. And um, he's also showing me someone who is wearing looks like medical scrubs and a school bus and looks like prison bars. And I said, that's me. I said that my dad's name is Robert. He went by Bob, but uh, he wore suits and flannel shirts and T-shirts. And uh, I just went to school for medical records and now I work in a prison. Hmm. So how could she get that? Right. And then she asked about um, Sarah. And I said, Sarah, my niece? She said, no, Sarah the one who had to make the big decision for your dad to pass away because he, he fell down or something and that's how he passed. I said, my dad fell in his basement and he died from blunt force trauma. It moved his brainstem, but he mm -hmm. was on a machine and Sarah is my mother's middle name. Okay. And no one knows that. So, yeah. so that's when I knew this was real. Uh, it was right. just too real. Yeah. So, so what we did, we, we just waited until the end of the show. And then at the end, my wife and I went down and then I introduced myself and I said, hi, my name's Daniel Jackson. She said, oh, I talked to you on the phone a couple of weeks. She said, I didn't know you were coming. I said, well, I thought maybe you did know I was coming because when we walked in the door, you, you like locked your eyes on me. I said, what's with that? And she said, I want you to wait till everyone's gone, like a teacher and your mm -hmm. student. And she said, we need to have a talk. And I was like, I felt like I was seven. I was like, yeah, oh, like okay. <laughs> yeah what's going on? Are you, are you gonna, am I going to get hit with a, a rule or something like that? But uh, and uh, after everyone left, she said, 
I know you have an ability to see spirit. And I told her like this, as I tell everyone. I said, lady, you have no idea. It's like being in a room with a thousand people, except nobody leaves and more just keep coming in. Mm. And I'm telling you right now, that hasn't changed. It's still the same. I okay. don't know who most of these spirit are. They're just people or dogs <laughs> or cats or, or whatever they are. They just come around me. And she said, well, they come around you because your, bright, your light is very bright. She said, when spirit sees you, and this is the way I explain it to people, they see your body frame and they see your light inside of you and that's your soul. Yeah. She said, I don't see that with you and neither do they. She said, I could sense you before you even came into this room. And when you opened that door, all I saw was a bright light, like a, like a light bulb. She said, I yeah. didn't see a body. I saw a bright white light. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and I said, what's that mean? She said, they come to you. That's why you're seeing so many. You can see them, but they're coming to you. Yeah. She said, you got so many spirits at your house, it's like a frat party because they're all coming to you. But she says, it's not just in your house, is it? I said, no, it's like everywhere I go. She said, yeah, it's you. And I said, what, so what's, what is that? She said, you're a beacon of light. It's like a moth to a flame. They see you out of the crowd because out of the crowd, it's you and maybe 10,000 other people. And within that crowd of 10,000 people, it's just you. Yeah. So when they see that and they know it's a light, they know they can communicate with you. Because how do they know? Because I tell this to ghost hunters all the time. The one thing that you are chasing right now is the one thing you eventually will become. Mm -hmm. And they look at me like, I never thought of that. That light inside of you is your soul, but some lights are brighter. And when they see a bright light, they know that they communicate with it. So they come to me to communicate with me, but not just that. And I said to her, I said, so what is it? What do you mean it's more than that? And she said, they're coming to you because they want you to cross them over into heaven. Mm. They believe that you're the light into heaven. Mm. She said, your light is so bright. I've never seen another light as bright as yours. Never. She said, I've been doing this for 20 years. Never. She sa I said, so what do I do with that? Yeah. She said, you need to make a big decision. Go home. You need to have a talk with God. And make a decision to see if you're going to move forward with what you have. She says, because what you are is an untrained medium. And I was like, <laughs> what? Untrained medium? She said, yeah, you just don't know. She said, this has been your entire life. That's why you see things everywhere all the time, your entire life. I said, okay. She said, so you need to either move forward with it or let it go. Because if you let it go, it'll just go away. She said, but I know you don't want to let this go, do you? I said, it's been my life, my whole entire life, and I just, I just want to, want to figure it out. I mean, I was so, I was almost crying in front of her. I said, just, I want to figure this out. Mm -hmm. She said, are you scared of it? I said, I mean, little fear there, but I mean, I see so much, you just get used to it. She said, then you need to have a talk with God and figure this out. So, so my wife and I, <coughs> excuse me, we went home, and we talked about it on the way home. You know, that's what we do as adults. Yeah. And uh, maybe, you know, some, not everybody gets along, but we do. Healthy, healthy relationships, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty good. We, we get along very well. Um, but um, I said to my wife when we got home, I said, this one question, I said, how do I talk to God? And she made sense for me. She said, how do you talk to him any other time? And I said, okay. Because, I mean, 
do you really need to go to some big white building and with 50 other people and talk to God? No. They say it's a house of God, but not really. God is not in the building. God is within the people within the building. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? He's within us all. So if you want to go to church and if that makes you feel better, great. But if you want to have a talk with God, why not? He's your father. You have a personal relationship with him already. You don't have to ask somebody else how to do that. So that's what I did. I went into this my bedroom, mm-hmm. turned out the lights, and I had a talk with him. And I basically said it like this. I said, you know, God, I, I don't know what it is that you want me to do here. But whatever it is, if, if you help me with it, because I'm going to need help. I can't figure this out. If you help me with it, I'll do whatever you want. I know I've never really followed you in the past because of, you know, being Catholic, but, but I'll do whatever you want because if I can help these ghosts or souls, whatever you want to call them, or if I can just help regular people with it, that's what I'll do. And I'll do it 110%. If this is what you want, I'll do it because I know it's got to mean something. And then I got out by the room and I said to my wife, I told him, I'll do this. So yes, I'll do this is what I'll do. <clears throat> and then the next day everything changed. Okay. All the scary stuff. Yeah. All the scary stuff was still kind of there but going away. Just faded away and was gone. And then everything changed as far as now I now I see more and now I hear more. Mm. But they're not just talking around me. They talk to me. And then I started seeing other things that don't look like regular spirit. I would mm-hmm. be laying in bed <clears throat> and I would see these two beautiful bluish white lights coming up out of the floor and just they're next to me. And I couldn't, I could only see them like this. If I turned my head, it would disappear. If I turned my head back, it okay. was right there again. So out of the periphery. Yeah. Yes. And it was just, but it was so bright. Mm-hmm. And then something else changed in me where. I physically glow at nighttime. My wife walks into the bedroom. She doesn't need a nightlight. Wow. I glow so much that, and I think that's part of the, that's why they all see me and they come to me. But now it's it's, it's physical now. It happens, like when I said earlier in the, in the interview, if you see something go off, I've done interviews where flashes of lights have, have gone off or things would fly around and they see something go into my head and then just disappear. So it was happening that way. And then I was just seeing, I saw this one thing where I saw these spirit coming up to me who did not look nice. Okay. And they came up to me. And as they got almost close to me, but they can never seem to get any more than like six or eight feet from me, they saw something next to me and they had this look of horror, like, <gasps> like and then they just turned and went the other way. These beings that were next to me <clears throat> were what we all have in this world are my spirit guides. Okay. But my spirit guides are different. They are archangels. They are the right hand of God. Mm-hmm. And how many do I have with me? Not the 10 or 12 or 14 they say in the Bible because there's not that many. There's much more. I have all of them with me. Every single one. All of them. Do they look like men with wings? No, because they are not men with wings. They don't have shields. They don't have swords. They're not fighting a battle in heaven. 
I mean, that wouldn't make sense anyway because as, as children yeah. we were taught that they were fighting a battle in heaven, but all evil things stayed in hell. So if everything evil stayed in hell, then why would they be having a battle in heaven? Yeah. That's not true. So, yeah, yeah so, so I saw them around me, these blue-white lights, and then one time I saw things flying around, and I was like, what is that? And then I saw these negative things coming towards me. When I see them, they glow red. And when they were coming towards me, I would see these things fly around and go over to them. And this white light would come out of nowhere and attack this red thing and, and make it go and clouds of it. And I was like, what is going on here? And it would make these things go away. I have them with me because apparently they protect me from every negative energy that's out there. Because now I do cross spirit over into the light. Okay. It's the light that's something different because the light is me. Mm. In other words, what I'm telling you is the one thing that one I have. See, when you, when you pass away, <clears throat> you wake up out of your body, you're going to look down and see your body and go, oh, I don't need that anymore. You'll take a step to the left, you'll look to the right, you'll see a light that turns on. And yeah. that's your personal light. Um, I don't know. So if anyone's not told you yet, so in that instant that I just paused, I just asked how many times you have been here. I asked how many times you have been. They told me how many times you've been here, how many lifetimes. I said, is that how many times you told me? And then I get touched on my face for yes and no. And you've been here 28 times. You've had 28 lifetimes, meaning you've had 27 other lifetimes. You've had 27 other sets of moms and dads, brothers and sisters, dogs and cats. And you've had other 27 other astrological signs that mean absolutely horse crap because your body is born under the stars. Your soul is not. You come into, you've been here 28 times, meaning you've had 28 other, 28 astrological signs. So which one are you? None of them. Because your soul chooses the body it's coming into and when it's coming in. So right. would that mean it's choosing the month and the day and the year? Absolutely not. Do you know why? Because where they are, there is no month and day and year. There's no time and space. That's why. So all that stuff, bullcrap. I mean, if you were to stand on another planet, Pluto, and on the opposite side of Pluto, and you looked at the stars, would you see Sagittarius? No, you would not. Here is, here is astrology for you. There was a bunch of people standing around thousands of years ago looking up at the stars and saying, hey, let's play connect the dots. Him, that makes a fish. Because the original calendar was five months long, then nine months, then 10 months, then 12 months. So they started out with five signs, created four more, created two more, created two more. It's nothing. So, but you've been here 28 times. Now, and you're, you're telling, late, you're saying that me, Lisa. Lisa. Okay. 28 I'm times. Okay, I'm just, the average I'm, time is between 26 and 29 times. You're doing okay. But the okay. reason you have to keep coming back is you have something in common with the other 7.5 billion people on the face of this earth. You didn't fulfill your purpose. You went to heaven. You had to come back, just like they did. So you know what that makes us all? Equal. Mm -hmm. No one's better than anyone else. Yes. So... So we are here to learn lessons and fulfill a purpose. But when you leave here, you're going to step up out of your body. Now, here's the thing. People don't know this, that when you step up out of your body, you're going to get all the perfect memories of your lifetime here, Lisa. Mm -hmm. Plus, you're going to get memories of all the other 27 lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at that light, you may think to yourself, if I go into that light, 
There's a possibility I might have to come back. I've been here 28 times. And maybe you don't want to. So you just stay here as an earthbound spirit and you choose not to go into the light. As many that don't go into the light, there's that many who do go into the light. But you're, you're not going to find out if you have fulfilled your purpose unless you go into the light or unless you ask me because I yeah. have that, because I have something different. So okay. that light, when you walk in, it turns off. If you don't walk in, it turns off. But there's always another light that shines, the light into heaven, so that all spirit can see it, so all spirit know where to go. It shines all the time in this earthbound realm. But not only can all spirits see it, mm -hmm. they can hear it, because it is a soul within a physical body. And what I mean by hearing it is spirit hears us talk all the time. There's 7.5 billion of us. They can tune it out because it becomes static. Like when we were kids watching TV and it would turn off and you get that snow. It sounds like that to them because there's so much. But they can tune that out. Well, this particular one they cannot tune out because it is the beacon of light. She wasn't kidding. They hear it. They see it. It's me. Okay. I just accepted it. Okay, so then um, how did that progress to you actually doing it for a living for people? Um, that took a while. That took a lot of learning. That took a lot of trust. Uh, there's, I, like I mentioned in my book, I, I ended up meeting a woman. One of these mediums I was trying to get a hold of, she finally contacted me like a year later, and she was putting a, an intuition group together, and I went to that. But when I got there... <clears throat> I met a couple other people there. That was it was pretty cool. I mean, I didn't know anything. I didn't know all the terms of anything. One girl asked me, this is funny, she asked me, have you ever thought about doing Reiki? And I said, I hate yard work because I didn't know. <laughs> I, I was just a regular guy. And she was like, no, that's not what I mean. I was like, well, what do you mean? She told me. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know what this means. Um, so, But from that group, she told me afterwards, uh, there was another girl there who was going to be in this, too. She told me that she was putting a group together of mediums to talk about medium stuff and to help each other to progress. And she invited me. When I met one one girl there, she was really cool, and I still, I'm still in contact with a couple of them. So I go to the meeting. They're all professional meetings, mediums. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I walk into the room, and as soon as I walk into the room, everybody sitting down does this. And I was like, what's wrong? They said, my God, can you turn that down? And I was like, turn what down? They said, light. <laughs> light, what the heck is going on here? And I said, I, I just started spewing out. Well, maybe it's because I'm seeing this, and I'm seeing this, and I'm just throwing everything out there. And like, oh, my God, yeah, we know. We get it. We get it. So I ended up going to that group for about a year, and we would meet like maybe twice a month. And then throughout that year, they helped me to develop it. Okay. Like I, would, I was getting messages, <coughs> but I didn't always, always know what they meant. So they would help me with that to figure it out. One time I got a message where I, I heard it because I would hear a voice would just come and tell me. And it said, I want you to go to the meeting talk to one of the women. Her name is Siobhan. I want you to sit with her, and I want you to sit across from her. I want you to ask her if it's okay, and then clear out your minds, and then hold her hands, and wait to see what happens. And I was like, 
okay. So I did that. And then when I asked her, she said, sure. So we sat down, and then we cleared out our minds, and I, went, I was getting ready to hold her hands, and then somebody said in a room, these four other women, hey, are you getting ready to channel? And I was like, what? I, I don't know. What, what am I? I'm just, they just told me to do this, and I had to ask hers. So they said, you're getting ready to channel. we got to watch this. And I was like, okay. So we did that. I did that with every one of the women in that group. Every time I did it, mm-hmm. the only thing that came through were archangels, Jesus on four or five occasions, and on like three or four occasions, God. Mm-hmm. When God speaks, you don't ask him the lottery numbers. <laughs> you just don't. Everybody yeah. in the room their their hair was standing on end. They were all sitting there doing this the whole time, and and your goosebumps are coming out. When someone comes out and speaks to you, hello, my son, you know who the hell is talking to you. You just do. And I don't have any control over that. When I do this channeling thing, sometimes they tell me to channel with certain people. I don't do it unless they ask me to do it. Mm-hmm. And then when I do it, that's what happens. I channeled... <clears throat> One time, uh, a couple times with these people, they all told me four years ago I was going to move out west. And then, because my wife is a very strong empath, I was able to channel with her. Now, I don't channel as much anymore because I don't have to. Okay. They just tell it to me. Mm-hmm. They touch me on my face for yes and no answers. This is yes and this is no. And in the very beginning, I had two archangels that were touching me, Helen and Manos right here. And then I would get a general yes, but I'd always have one no. This is yes, and then it feels like a tear running down my face for no. Okay. In the very beginning, it was just two. Now it's 46, and I know the names of every single one that's doing it. Okay. As soon as I get a new touch, they tell me the name. Okay. Well, so how do clients work with you? How do you do like one-off sessions? Do people come to you multiple oh, times? Absolutely. Yeah, like- I, uh, the, the one, so I just did a festival over the weekend and I did uh, 12 readings there. And then I also did four readings for the reason of just because, because I, so I just get something and just walked up to people and say, hey, you need, one woman was looking at me, I said, I just looked at her and said, you need to stop stressing her out. You are killing yourself with it. And she said, mm. how did you know that? I said, because I'm the shizzle-dizzle, that's why. Yeah. So <laughs> I started talking to her about everything, and she was like, thank you. I was like, oh, no problem. And she's like, I, I see you're booked up. Or do, I- do I need to give you something? I said, why? I said, they gave me a something to uh, give you. So I, I did. Okay. Why not? So, but, but other people, the way that it works is they sit down with me. Mm-hmm. First thing I do is I hold their hand. I explain to them how it works for me. I tell them, you have to ask me direct questions and I get direct answers. Okay. Why? Because Can you I do it over Zoom? Real quick. I, what, what's that? Can you do it over the computer rather than holding their hands? Well, that's the reason why. Because being this light, Spirit comes to me and asks me questions. If a dog asks me a question, I hear it as English. If a cat asks a question, I hear it as English. 
if someone I can see, when I see spirit, I see them just like I see you, but they're just a different color. They're blue because of the place that they're at, this low-energy place. Everyone's mm-hmm. blue there. Uh, so when I see them, no matter what religion, they, no matter what race, creed, color they are, it comes through as English. So they ask me questions. I ask the archangels. They tell me the answer. I tell them the answer, and then I cross them over if they want to cross over. So okay. since they can ask me questions, anyone can ask me questions right. okay. from wherever you are. So okay. they would sit down. I tell them how it works. I always tell them I can only tell the truth one way. I can't tell it 50 ways until one way suits you. So in other words, if you ask me a question and you don't like the answer, too bad. Because mm-hmm. if you try to ask me the question a different way, you're going to get the same answer. I also tell them because I get touched in my face for yes and no answer, I'm a human lie detector test. So if you tell me a question and it's not the truth, I'm going to know. So mm-hmm. don't do that. And then I just tell them, okay. So just ask me questions, and I will get you answers. And then what I will do first is I say, let me hold one of your hands. And then when I hold one of their hands, I like to take a look and see what's around them. Most of the time, I get spirit animals. Like this one lady who sat in front of me, she sa- I said, let me see what's around you. And then I saw a horse. I said, you have a spirit animal here. It's a horse. But it's what the horse is doing. And she said, what do you mean it's doing? I said, the horse is walking around you circles and circles and circles. And she said, what's that mean? I said, that means that you have a trust issue with people and you put a wall up around yourself and you don't trust anybody and you don't let anybody into your life ever because you've had such problem uh, in your earlier years that everybody was coming to you and taking advantage of you and now you don't trust anybody. And she looked at me and grabbed a tissue and started crying. Mm. I can't make this shit up. Right. So then, so after that, then I let them, after I, we go through all that, I let them ask any question that they want to. And then I get the answer. Now, the issue is people come to me because they want an answer from God because I'm talking to archangels that are the right hand of God. And I get the answer. Mm -hmm. But usually they don't like the answer because they don't like the truth. Because it's just the truth, but that truth is not the truth that fits into their lives. They want what they want to hear. The very first reading I did on this Saturday lady said to me, if you're going to tell me everything else that the, all the other mediasm told me, then I'm going to get up and walk away. Because if you're not going to tell me what I want to hear, why am I here? I said, because you're here, because it's not what you want to hear. It's what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. And she didn't like that answer. And I gave her everything she needed to hear. And she said, you're not telling me what I want to hear. And I said, what you want to hear is spirit is some magical being that's going to come down here and fix your life. But if they were going to do that, don't you think they would have done that by now? And then she looked at me and dumbfounded because no one else ever told her that. They're not here to fix your life. They're here to help us get through our lives. If you screwed up your life, it's up to you to fix it. But they will help us with the decision process to make better decisions. But if you're not listening to those decisions then what's the point? So, so so that's what I do. And then they ask me questions. I get them answers. And then I also do something at the end of it that I call soul alignment because I'm able to not only do I see spirit everywhere, but I can see the soul that's inside of you. I did that by chance, I guess you would say, but it's not chance because everything happens for a reason. There's no such thing as, as a chance or there's no such thing as a coincidence, none of that stuff. And I had a friend of mine who was in that group sitting in front of me because her and her mom were at my house for dinner with my wife and I because they were both mediums. And she was sitting in front of me. And and when I just, I turned a second, I looked and I looked into her back was there and I saw a face in her back. And then I was talking to my guys and I said, is that her soul? And they said, yes. And I said, 
it looks like it's crooked. Yes. And I said, like there's a deviation in there. I said, can I fix that? And then, because sometimes they put questions in my mind for me to ask. And, and then they said, yes. And I said, how do I do that? And then I heard in my mind, see, my thoughts are no longer mine anymore. My thoughts are only about 15% me. The other 85% that's going through my mind 24 hours a day is them. Mm -hmm. It used to be 5% in the very beginning. And this has only been six years. Now it's 85%. I was actually aware of the time that it went from 80 to 85%. My wife and I thought I was having a stroke. Okay, so, wow. Yeah, it's, it's intense. But when you're working with archangels, you know, some people say they're working with archangels and they're just not. They just say that so you can get more customers. Okay, because I, I have had several guests on that do work with the archangels. Yeah, but I prove it. I prove okay. it every single time. And I don't have to prove it. Yeah. But I prove it. Okay. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, she. I saw that face, and I said, well, can I fix it? And they said, yeah. I said, how do I do that? And they said, put your hands on her shoulders, concentrate, and just watch. But ask her if it's okay, because you always have to ask her for permission. You can't just do things. So right. I asked her, and I told her about that, and she said, I said, are you okay today? I said, are you, are you have a problem with your, with your right shoulder or your left shoulder? Or, let's see left shoulder and, and she said she said you know what daniel i wasn't even going to come today but because uh, i had my shoulder is killing me so much that mom said you got to show up because you know daniel's energy is so strong it, you'll feel better she says i feel a little bit better but something's still off i said well i can see it i said you got a deviation there i said they're telling me i can fix it can, can i do that for you and she said yeah sure so i stood up and almost like a little Mr. Miyagi thing. I put my hands on her shoulders, and when I did, she just <gasps> jolted. And then I said, well, hold still. I said, I'm going to move it. And I, I watched her. It was crooked, and I just mm -hmm. put it back in place. And then when as I was doing that, I'm watching. I'm seeing these bolts of light go through my arms, and I could see it. It was weird to see with my eyes closed. I could still see my, the outlines of my own arms, and I see these light balls going through. And I said, let me fix that little thing. And all of a sudden, her shoulders just like evened out. And she took this big, deep breath. And I said, let me give you a little bit more because they're telling me to do that. And then I took my hands off my shoulders. And she just turned around. And she said, my headache's gone. My, my shoulders, I feel great. Yeah. She said, what do you call that? I said, I don't know. <laughs> let me ask. What do I call that? I heard soul alignment. And that's okay. what I do. Beautiful. Just, well, on that note, because we yeah. have to wrap it up, actually, I would love for you to just quickly tell people where they can find you. Sure. And, um, yeah. If they're looking to get a reading or if they, too, feel they have this ability and they feel, some people say they're just drawn to me, that I can mm -hmm. help them move forward, mm -hmm. they can look for me at uh, www.spiritmediumdaniel.com. Um I, I mostly do everything on Zoom call now because I live in Arizona and everybody else lives far away. Uh, so they can find me there. Uh, they can find me on Facebook at Spirit Medium Daniel. They can find me. I have a group on there called the Spirit Medium Daniel group. And I go into the group. I'm very about talking to people and I want to get all the information about. I'm not in this to make money. I'm just not. I mean... You know, when I do a reading for someone on Zoom, it's 130 bucks, but that reading lasts for two and a half hours, sometimes three hours. So how much am I really making? 
the point okay. of doing that reading is is to get all the information that they need that's going to help them. And then we also record it as well, so they can go back and listen to it again, and they can you know fast forward past all my stupid jokes and stuff like that, and then get to the point of what they need. Uh, yeah, again, I have to, Daniel, yeah, I have to cut you off right now. That's okay. You stay on, but um, everyone watching, aloha. Thank you so much.